You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. In the House with Ken and Jared is brought to you by Universal Roof and Contracting. Our Ask the Expert weekend continues with In the House with Ken and Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement, call 340-1045. Ken and Jared at Universal Roof are ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Hello, good morning. Welcome to another edition In the House with Ken and Jared. Hi, my name is Jared Malik. Sometimes sitting next to me is my father, Ken. He is not here today. I am joined, though, by... uh, uh, Jim Sellers, he is my uh, director of sales at Universal Roofing Contracting. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? I am doing good. Welcome to the show. I'm going to be gone the next couple weeks, and so Jim will be filling in for me. Uh, I'm going to um, uh, on a, a trip to India, and uh, so Jim will be uh, sitting in for me here the next couple weeks. So. You are WOKV listeners. I need you to be nice to them. I need you to be kind, be gentle, be helpful uh, to um, uh, to my good friend and uh, director of sales, Jim Sellers. Actually, you don't have to be those things. He can still handle it either way. You don't have to be gentle with him. He can take it. I can take it. That is uh, true. I'm not the radio mogul like Jared is, but <laughs> I will certainly do my best. All right. Show's called In the House, all about home improvement and construction. If you have a project that you're working on and you want to know how to get to the next step, or if there's something in the house that you need to fix, you want to know how to get started with it, this is the place to be. Uh, structural questions, electrical, plumbing, really anything having to do with home improvement. Uh, we are actually both licensed contractors uh, in the state of Florida. Uh, I uh, hold four licenses, uh, residential building, uh, general, and roofing. And uh, you are a licensed general contractor. Yes, Yep, and so um, so very capable hands uh, that I will be leaving you in while I'm out of town. So, uh, but you have two experts today uh, to answer your home improvement questions. Uh, all you have to do is give us a call three four zero one zero four five. That again, that's three four zero one zero four five with your home improvement questions. Uh, I own a business called Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, throughout the week, we help people with their roofing, siding, and window needs. And then every weekend, we come in and ha- answer your home improvement questions. Now, uh, throughout the week, because, even though I only do roofing, siding, windows, I actually have an expertise in other things. Uh, and so any type of home improvement question is okay. If you have a, a leak somewhere, you want to know how to find it or stop it, uh, maybe you are thinking about doing a remodel or an addition and you want to know what pays off. Uh, maybe you're thinking about um, uh, replacing your kitchen cabinets. You want to know uh, best design style. Uh, maybe you are thinking about uh, you have some rotted wood. You want to know how to replace it or 
really anything having to do with home improvement, you can give us a call, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. Also, if you get a chance, check out our website. It's inthehouseshow.com, and you can uh, send us an email through that uh, website as well. Uh, you can ask us a question. We will read it uh, live on the air and, and then answer uh, that question as well. All right, let's go straight to the phones. You, you want to go to the phones? Yes, I do. Let's do it. Let's talk to Mike on the west side. Mike, you're in the house. How can we help you? All right, thanks, fellas. Uh, I've got an insulation issue. About a year ago, uh, my energy bills have been terrible. But about a year ago, we had blown insulation put in our attic uh, attached to the, the roof, and uh, the contractor took all the insulation that was blown into the uh, the attic out. Okay. Uh, yeah, he mentioned that uh, if we left it in there, there'd be uh, a moisture problem. And I haven't really seen much difference in my energy bills. Okay. And so my question was, was it a mistake to take the blown insulation out that was between the joists when I had the, the foam put into the attic? So did you um, – the new insulation that you went with, did you go with a spray foam insulation? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they placed the spray foam insulation on the underside of the roof deck, correct? That's correct. Okay, and did you do open cell or closed cell? I, I believe, I believe open cell. Okay, and yeah. I assume you closed off the um, the ventilation system at the same time. Yes. Okay, and then. With your HVAC system, um, do you have returns everywhere or only in specific areas? I have several returns. Yeah, it's just not one specific area. Okay. Does every room have a return or um, or just like two or three throughout the house? I think just two or three. Okay. Um, so – when we look at, at spray foam insulation, spray foam insulation is a is a is a great option. Many times people will see a reduction in their um, uh, in their um, energy bills as a result of doing spray foam insulation, um, uh, just because theoretically the uh, less heat actually gets inside the attic. Now, when we look at at spray foam, it does two things. It's a thermal barrier and it's also an air barrier. And so you want to make sure that when you do spray foam insulation, now your HVAC system plays a much more critical role in the air movement uh, throughout the home. And so does your HVAC system have the ability to control the humidity? Does it have a low speed fan? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Um, they're fairly so, new units. They're fairly new units. We just put them in a year ago. Okay, so so I would talk to your HVAC person because what what the real power in the um, uh, in the spray foam insulation is is that it restricts the hot air from ever getting inside the attic space. But what that also does is it makes it theoretically where the um, where the HVAC system will run less because it's not. The ductwork is not being heated up inside the attic. So what we have to do is we have to make sure that 
it, uh, that it has a low-speed fan that will actually move the air throughout the home to reduce the humidity so that that way the, um, you don't have additional moisture problems uh, throughout the home as well. So I prefer when we do an HVA, when we look at um, uh, doing spray foam insulation, that you always have an HVAC system company look at it as well to make sure that the HVAC is compatible with uh, the uh, the insulation uh, that you ended up doing. But he did not do the wrong thing by taking out the old insulation. You don't want to have two sets of insulation. Uh, so he did. Okay. Uh, he was correct in doing that. I don't know if if you haven't seen any sort of reduction in the in the actual um, your energy bills. It's possible that he didn't do enough of the spray foam insulation. Uh, understand that that it's the the thickness matters when it comes to uh, how much heat it allows to transfer from the outside of the home uh, to the inside of the home. And so you have to do enough of it where it's going to restrict a large amount of that uh, amount of that heat. So, right. Um, the, the difference that I have seen is uh, in the heat of the summer, I've set it on 78 and it never got below 82. Couldn't get down to 78, but now it gets down to 78. So there's a fish, the efficiency is better. It's just the, there's just no savings in the electricity, so. Yeah, but it's it. It also is how hard does it have to work in order to keep it to that level? To how much does it actually have to run? And we find that the the, the low speed fans do reduce. It runs longer, but it actually it's the amount of energy that it uses when it runs. It runs longer, but it it doesn't it still doesn't use as much energy when it has the low speed fan as opposed to just the you know the regular fan. Okay, okay, I'll, ch I'll check into that. The only other thing that I was thinking is that he possibly did not, or may not have, I don't know, uh, sealed up all the, the soffits and things really well. So if, they're, if he's still allowing quite, if there is uh, still allowing quite a bit of the air to come in through the soffits, it is tough to get down in there, you know, so you, it, it takes quite a bit of effort to get down and get those soffits sealed well with that foam insulation. So that is the only other thing you might want to check if you go and you kind of see light coming through the soffits. Uh, that's that is one potential uh, issue, and they can do air tests. Uh, it'd be a good idea to do an air test too, just to make sure that there isn't air uh, coming in certain areas. Uh, because you're right, if it, uh, if he if it wasn't sealed properly along all the exterior areas, now that the insulation, the regular blown-in insulation, is gone, then it doesn't take too large of an opening to allow that air conditioning to escape or hot air to come in. So, uh, having an air test done to make sure that um, that it is all sealed tight would be a good idea. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. If you want to take his line, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. All right, let's go to Will on the north side. Will, how can we help you? How are you doing today? We're doing really well. Thanks for your call, man. Good. I have uh, pretty much two questions. My first question is about the roof of my house that was built in 2012. Mm -hmm. And about a foot and a half up from where the soffit is, the corner of the roof, uh, there's a nail sticking through my sh my shingles because I go up on the roof a lot and do Christmas lights every year. And when okay. I was coming down, I noticed there was a nail that was sticking all the way through the shingles. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that needs to be patched. So most of the time, uh, that nail, it, there's uh, 
usually three sets of nails that are that are on the roof. There's the nails that install the shingles to, uh, to the plywood. There's the nails that install the felt to the plywood. And then there's the nails that install the plywood to the trusses. And so um, any one of those nails could actually back up. A lot of times if they, if they don't go into the wood solid or uh, if it's just a weird angle or sometimes just with expansion and contraction or heat, uh, those nails can pop up. And so uh, you would want to pull that nail and then uh, patch the shingle uh, so that that way you don't have a hole through the roof. Okay, so do I just patch it with another shingle or something else? Yeah, so um, sometimes you can, depending on the size of the opening, if you're doing it yourself, I don't know that I want you to patch the shingles. So I would rather you pull the nail, lift up that shingle, and then put sealant between the two layers of shingle would be the best homeowner version of repairs. If we did it, we would replace individual shingles, but most of the time... I probably usually don't recommend that homeowners do that just because of how the overlap is. And you, you can't just remove that shingle. you got to remove two above it and pull the nails and slide them out. And so most of the time I don't recommend – have you done roofing before? No, but it looks like it's something to where I could just lift the shield and, sh shingle and, and patch underneath it because it's about uh, two inches above the shingle. Yeah, so I'd rather you I'd rather you not replace individual shingles because I think that you would be cause potentially causing more damage than you're fixing. So I'd rather you just lift the shingle and then slide another piece underneath of it or just seal caulking or sealant between the layers of shingle when you pull the nail. Okay. Thank you. My next question is about a shed. I've I've lifted a lot of these sheds that you buy on the side of the road and they deliver to your house and drop off that are kind of above the ground. Yes, sir. I have I have a ten by twelve greenhouse that really didn't do so well. I built it myself, and it had the frame, um, the footer is a uh, four by six footer, mm -hmm. and the inside is one by one um, stepping stone. So it's really nice floor. And I was just curious, what you know, is it cost effective just to hire somebody just to build me a shed like one of those? Usually not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually you can you can buy the prefab sheds for significantly less than what it would cost to build one. Um, so usually not. Usually I recommend that you that you you know just buy one of the prefab ones. Now the the issue is is that you already have the foundation, right? And so right. chances are the the prefab sheds would not work with that foundation. So therefore, in this case, because you already have all of that stuff done, uh, you know it. it it might be less expensive to, to just frame on top of it. The thing that you have to be concerned about it, uh, is um, how well the exterior is built to withstand water. So many times when you hire somebody to do something like that, if they do not uh, you know, waterproof it correctly, put the siding on correctly, put the roof in, in, in on correctly, then you have water intrusion problems. And uh, and so obviously that can be a big deal. So I, was I hire would hire a contractor to build it, and make sure it was done up to code and right, kind of like a room, you know. Right. You build a, a room with doors and windows. Well, 
understand that the requirements when you get a prefab shed are different than when you're doing site-built construction. So, for example, if we were to build that, we have to we have to get a set of plans. Those plans have to be stamped by structural engineer. Has to meet 130 mile an hour wind resistance. It's as if you're building a new house. So you have to have you know. Uh, uh, all, everything that it takes to build a house, you would have to follow those same requirements in order to build that shed. So you'd have to build it really well in order to meet the building code requirements. So uh, whereas the prefab sheds do not have this, the same requirements. I mean, it's just it just doesn't. Right. So That's it. Uh, so get a get a quote both ways and then make a decision on it. But thanks, Will. Appreciate your call. All right, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, more home improvement talk. You're listening to In the House on News 104.5 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome In the House with Ken and Jared. Your home improvement questions are answered here today. Jared Malik, that is me, and uh, we're joined today by Jim Sellers. And uh, he has a great last name for his position. Did you change it when I hired you since you're, you know, my director of sales? No, honestly, it never even occurred to me till people started uh, somewhat mocking me. So, <laughs> <that was good. laughs> you didn't you didn't look at your name and be like, "You know what? I'm destined to become yeah, predestined <laughs> since the creation of man." Yeah, no, I just uh just happened to work into this. <laughs> uh Jim is a good friend of mine. I've known him for a number of years. Uh, ran his own construction company, and then uh, uh, and then uh, you know, came to work with me. Now, how many years ago? Three and a half years. Three and a half years ago. So, and he'll be filling in. I'm going to be in India uh, for next week, and then the week after, I'll actually be in Scotland uh, doing a mission trip over in India. And um, uh, so, uh, so Jim will, will be filling in for me. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's to go to Christine in Ortega. Uh, Christine, you're in the house how can we help you hey guys um i recent, recently purchased a house uh, a couple months ago and i had it inspected but i think my inspector missed something um one of my um partition walls that runs from the front to the back of the house looks like it's not really very structurally supported you can see like at different points where it intersects other walls that it's um, kind of settled, but it's the mm -hmm. whole wall looks like it's it's settled. Is it an interior wall or exterior wall? It's an interior wall, and I have a crawl space, so you know I don't I'm not slab on grade. Right. So I'm so I'm kind of you know I'm worried about the house because I'm fixing to move into it. I've been doing some renovation, and I've got like a an upright piano, and so I'm worried about, well, yeah, are my, is my floor system going to be able to structurally handle my putting that kind of weight inside, and, you know, what do I do about this partition wall that the whole wall is settling? Sure. Now, um, uh, it, do you have pre-engineered trusses, uh, or is it uh, stick-framed, you know, what we call site-build or stick-framed? Do you know? Um, well, the exterior wall is concrete block. Okay. Um, so, so I don't know whether or not the floor system is pre-engineered or not. It was built. I'm actually I'm actually talking about the roof trusses, uh, whether or not they're pre-engineered. Oh, um, that I'm not I'm not sure. 
Okay, if you if you go inside the attic and take a photo of them and email it to us um, to questions at universalroofjacks.com, then I if you take a photo of it, I'll be able to tell you. The reason why is that usually with pre-engineered trusses, most of the time the support for the uh, for the roof trusses is just along the outer edge, and so um, usually the interior walls are not load bearing, and so that means that if there's some sort of shifting with the interior walls, I'm not as concerned about it if with pre-engineered trusses as I am if it is if it is stick framed. Um, so, but it sounds here, I would recommend that you have a structural engineer come out and take a look at it to see, uh, to see what kind of condition everything is in. I would recommend a structural engineer. And if you email me, I can give you the name of a good one uh, that I would have come out, take a look at it. Even just for your, uh, for your peace of mind, I would recommend it. So. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, would, would he need to get up underneath the house as well? Yeah, very possibly. I would have them take a look at, um, at the crawl space. I would have them take a look at the attic and the structure just to make sure that it's okay. Um, so, But that music means I have to take a break. But email me, and I'll, and I'll give you the name of that person. All right, in the house. We'll be right back. Our Ask the Expert weekend continues with In the House with Ken and Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement, call 340-1045. Ken and Jared at Universal Roof are ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back. In the house with Ken and Jared, your home improvement questions are answered here. Number to dial 340-1045, 340-1045. I own a business called Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, throughout the week, we help people with roofing, siding, and windows. Uh, so if you need uh, a new roof or a roof repair, uh, if you're thinking about replacing your siding uh, or you need new windows, you can call my office at 647-3907. Again, area code 904 I'd be honored to be part of your next roofing, siding, or window project, 647-3907. My website, universalroofjacks.com. Uh, joined today by my good friend and director of sales, uh, Jim Sellers. He'll be filling in for me in the next uh, for the next couple weeks as I will be in India uh, on a mission trip. So. Yeah, that's going to be great for you and exciting for me to be able to do this. Yep, I appreciate you uh, you filling in for sure. Uh, gives me the ability to uh, to help some people there, so I'm uh, I'm excited about that. I understand so, there is some need in India. I've heard that there is. Yes, yes. Uh, I have a feeling there will still be need after I leave. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to fix it all. <laughs> Maybe. Yep. Or Maybe a miracle. Not <laughs> so. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Brian in Ponte Vedra Beach. How you doing today, man? Hey, very well. Um, thank you, Jared, for taking my call and let me in the house. Yep, no problem. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, um, and that mission that you're going to go on, I think it's uh, enormously important. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited by it. My pastor had had, uh, had asked me to go with him, and um, it's, you know, my, when your pastor asks you to do something, you're like, you know, so I was automatically, oh yeah, sure. And then it got closer, and I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but it should it, be fun. Yeah, it should be, it should, should be good. What are you gonna eat? You know, I mean, you got to worry about that too. Uh, I have a feeling it'll be curry. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just just guessing. But <laughs> maybe they can fit your head with one of those little hats that they wear. Well, I'll see. I'll let yeah, you yeah. know when I'll let you know when I get back. 
Hey, uh, I have a comment and, and then a question. Sure. Um, I'm a state-certified master electrician. Nice. And in one of your previous uh, segments, you had mentioned um, hiring, you know, certified licensed people yeah. and, with permits and things like that. Well, even if you change out one switch, y- yep. you're, you are required as a, you know, contractor, electrical contractor to get a permit. It expires at midnight. That's fine. But you're authorized to be on that property. Hmm. Um by virtue of having a permit. Um, So I would encourage your entire listening audience to make sure that whoever you have work on your home and your electrical system, that they be licensed in electrical, not just a handyman, but um, somebody, uh, you know, that's gone through the education and gone through the process um, to do that work diligently, cost-effective, effectively, hopefully, and um, proficiently. Uh, And then my question is... Yeah, let me uh, comment on that. Let me comment on that before we get to your question. You know, the the thing is, is that when I look at... I love when people try to take on projects themselves. Like, I love the do-it-yourself thing, and that's part of why I do this radio show, is to help people so that they can do it themselves. When we look at what projects people should do themselves and what they should hire a professional for most of the time electrical is one of those things that you need to hire a professional for because the consequences of doing it wrong are so high so for example let's say that you decide you want to do a project which is painting your bedroom the consequences if you do it wrong is you might have to do it over if you don't do a good job or you might get some paint on your carpet or something like that whereas if you, the consequences for doing electrical wrong is that you could burn your house down and die. And so just the consequences of doing it wrong are so much greater for electrical. And so hiring somebody who really knows what they're doing is just such a key element, especially for something like electrical. Yeah, it, it's a, a complex um, uh, system that really needs to be addressed by a professional. Yep. Um, you know, I mean – Say some guy wants to change out a switch, that's one thing. Well, an electrical contractor, if he's, you know, legitimate, will get a permit for it. Right. And and have proof, you know, that uh, there is a permit. Now, you can change 50 switches in a house or 100 outlets. I don't care. But it only costs between somewhere between 5 and $10. Hmm. So, and then you have proof of that, and they'll fax you the permit form. And, and so you can show it to the homeowner, yes, this work is permitted, and I'm legitimate. But otherwise, um, you're just dealing with a clown. Um, yeah. you know, but anyways, my question is, is um, I have uh, gabled ends on my home. And, um, and like you said before, my uh, heat pump unit is, is on the north side of the house. But I have two gabled ends. And I have installed um, two exhaust fans on both mm-hmm. ends. Right. And and they're thermostatically controlled. And in the summertime, when it hits 96 degrees in the attic, they kick on. Right. Is that good or bad? Well, um, it, it, in general, it's good. But let me ask a few more questions. Do you have soffit vents as well or just yeah. the gable vents? Okay. Yes, I do, Jared. Okay. So – 
what I would look at for those in general when I do Gable events, I, what I prefer is I prefer to have a vent at one side and an opening with a fan and an opening on the other side. That way you're pulling air from one side to the other. In other words, one is intake, one is exhaust. In general, that's what I'd rather, that's what I'd rather do. The, um, uh, but with soffit vents, though, I'm less concerned about that because you're going to have intake on the soffits and then you're going to have exhaust through the gables. The thing that we have to be concerned about with exhaust fans is that we want to make sure that they're properly sized because what will happen is, is if you have too much uh, if the fan is pulling too much, in other words, if the CFMs are too high on the fan, then what will happen is is a negative air pressure will build in the attic space, and it will actually pull the air conditioning out of the home. Understand that it's not sealed at the ceiling level. Just because you have uh, attic insulation, that is for restricting heat flow, not necessarily for restricting airflow. So around can lights or around AC registers or things like that or openings, then it the um the fan if it creates a negative air pressure can actually suck the air conditioning out of the home and have the opposite effect of what you're trying to have so i would look at the amount of airflow that those fans are are set to do like how much attic space they are set are are set to exhaust and then make sure that you don't have too much uh fan pulling out the air of the attic does that make sense yes it does um very well. I'll have to have somebody come over and um, do my registers and, and things and uh, and see, you know, in the summertime, which the prices are probably higher for a service call. But anyway, um, I'll probably have to have the the system analyzed um, to find out if these things are efficient or not. And or you can do I an... You can do an airflow test, too. Like, for example, let's say that you have, you know... Um, uh, um, they can do airflow tests around uh, around those things to see if when the fans are on, if it is sucking the air conditioning out. So uh, you can do airflow tests is the best way to do, to see. And or if you look at the CFMs of the, you know, so let's say that you have, uh, you know, 2,000 square foot of attic space and the fan is rated to to do 2,000 square foot of attic space, then having two of them obviously would be too much. So then you can just close off one of those. So you can okay. do either one of those things. I'll do so. that. Which one should I close off? The one that's on that's uh, south facing or the one that's north facing? I, it doesn't really matter. I think that realistically you're pulling it from one side to the other. So I don't think, from my perspective, I don't think that it really matters. No, I don't either. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't matter. So. Okay, very well. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate your call. And, hey, email me your contact information because I want to be able to refer you for electrical. So email me questions at universalroofjacks.com or jared at universalroofjacks.com. Uh, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. All right. Let's go to Linda on the south side. Linda, how can we help you? Good morning. Um, Good morning. I have, I have a driveway that needs to be replaced. It's The driveway um, is a, about... 25 years old, and they did, I guess you call it river rock. Um, we don't use that much in Ohio when I'm there, so it's concrete with uh, embedded um, little, small, smooth stones, right. and it worked fine, except I think they were very stingy on the um, seams, so I have some significant cracking in it, 
Uh, so I, I'm looking to replace it. So I've talked to paver people and also the rest of our patios. The house is a, a very neutral, hardy board, taupey color, and the roof is a light brown with taupe. So the house is pretty neutral and can be mm-hmm. pretty bland without extra coloration. Right. So on all of our patios, and we banded the driveway and the sidewalk to the front of the house in a natural clay-colored brick. Hmm. Nice. And um, I'm trying to figure out how to blend the utility with the design. Sure. Uh, and I get different impressions from people on pavers or the natural clay bricks. And I've had pavers in other houses, and they fade so drastically, and they don't have the uh, the utility of the color staying so beautiful. Hmm. So uh, is there any reason why I can't do the driveway part of it, which is about 900 square feet, with the natural brick? Yeah, I mean, you can use... Yeah, yeah, I mean you can use clay bricks or uh, or regular brick um, uh, as a driveway as long as it is designed to take vehicular traffic. So when they when they uh, bake them or make them, they're going to make them differently when it's going to go on the side of the house compared okay. to when it is going to be used as a as a driveway. Um, okay. So as long as you use brick that is designed specifically for vehicular traffic, then that's really all that matters. Now, I can say, though, that not every paver manufacturer is the same when it comes to um, to concrete pavers. And so um, uh, Old Castle um, uh, is my personal favorite company when it comes to uh, – to, um, to brick interlocking uh, pavers. So that's who I would use. Uh, they have a lot of different color styles and variations, and they f- I have found that that manufacturer fades a lot less. They just the, – the dyes that they use in their, uh, in their paver manufacturing, um, uh, my experience is just fade less. And the darker colors, though, have a tendency to fade more than the lighter colors do. And, and so – but I personally – would use uh, concrete pavers. That's what I would personally use, uh, but I would use the the manufactured by a company called Old Castle. I wrote that down. Yep. Okay. Um, I will t- – and do they have a, a store in Jacksonville? Um, or a place they have different – yeah, they have different locations. So if you just search old, just Google Old Castle Pavers, then right. they have a throughout the state they have a number of different locations that you can go visit. So. Okay, or I find a, a company that does uh, heavier load natural. I don't know. Is, there, is that what they would be considered heavier load natural clay bricks? Yeah. So whenever you're, yeah, you would just want to make sure that the that whatever brick pavers you use, whether whether it's a concrete brick paver or whether it's a regular brick, okay. that it is desi- that it is that it is designed for vehicular traffic. So you don't want to take a brick that would just go on the side of the house and use that as um, to drive on because it will break. Got it. Thank you so much. And. Um, You're welcome, and thank you for your call. We appreciate it. When we get back, uh, final segment of this week's In the House with Kenny Jarrett. 
Hey, hey, welcome back. Final segment this week's In the House with Ken and Jared. Appreciate everybody listening today. Let's go straight to the phones. Let's go to Larry in Arlington. Larry, you're in the house. How can we help you? Yes, sir, and a good morning to you. Good morning. Question is regards to uh, siding, replacing the uh, T111. Yes, sir. Uh, I was considering going the Hardy board, either the panel or the lap siding. Which would yes. be best, and how much per square foot should I consider the cost? Okay, so yes, uh, I love the idea of switching from T111 to Hardy. Uh, much more durable. It's made of uh, concrete fiber, uh, um, fiber cement, and so it's um, it's much longer lasting. I personally like what's called the Color Plus version, which it has the finish actually uh, installed in the manufacturing plant where you can control the environments. So the Color Plus uh, Hardy siding is, in my opinion, the the best thing on the market for the outside of your home. Uh, so that's what I would personally do. When it comes to panel versus lap, I personally like lap siding better. Uh, the problem with the with the panel siding is the overlap of where the pieces come together uh, with Hardy is not as is not as good. I personally like the lap siding. Sometimes we'll do a combination of both, uh, where we'll do sections in lap and sections in the panel just to give a, a an aesthetic or look difference. Um, but a lot of it is the you know the aesthetic that you that you want to do. We have designers on staff, so what we'll do is we'll actually take a photo of your home, and then uh, uh, do a design of it, so that that way you can see what your house would look like with a lap siding, what it would look like with a panel, or sometimes we'll do combinations of lap and shake. Uh, but we can give you a quote for that and a three-dimensional design of your home in advance, so you can kind of see what it would look like uh, with with both of them. And so, uh, and then in regards to cost, it's it's really hard for me to tell you over over the radio because it depends on whether or not you have solid sheathing and and how many transitions and what are uh, and how many window openings and all of those because that determines the amount of trim. Uh, but we always give free quotes, um, and so if you call my office, uh, area code nine zero four, of course six four seven thirty nine zero seven. Again, six four seven thirty nine zero seven. We always give free estimates, and uh, we are also a Hardy um, a Hardy contractor. We uh, have been trained specifically by Hardy, and um, uh, we do a lot of Hardy work here in, in this area. So, uh, I'd be honored to be part of that project with you again. My office number six four seven thirty nine zero seven, and you can also see a number of projects that we do at, at our website universalroofjacks.com. Uh, sorry to cut you short, but I've got a. It's the end of the show. And Joan and Avondale, I, I apologize, didn't get a chance to to chat with you. Um, if you want, you can uh, email us off the air questions at universalroofjacks.com, and I can and I can answer that email this week. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Thank you, Jim Sellers, for coming in today. And thank you for having me. It was fun sitting here while I talked. Yes. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I, I talk a lot. I don't know. That's why I'm on the radio. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, uh, be gentle to Jim over the next couple weeks as he uh, as he fills in for me as I will be on a mission trip in India. Thank you so much for listening. The show's called In the House every Saturday morning. If you want to call my office, 647-3907. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. See ya. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.